horror 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 movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's make our movie? I wonder what we'll be like then. Brains in jars, I'm gonna guess. We're a long way for God knows, son. Slowly Coming out of his mouth. Crawling out yeah, of his mouth, distraction his skin. Right. So he doesn't save them, the bridge goes down, people die, and he's like, oh well, job done. Clarence. Can yeah. we try to take two again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is maybe don't trust sentient hats to make life-changing decisions. But <laughs> Thanks for your correspondence, Jacobs. <laughs> hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Let's Make a Horror Movie Podcast on episode 18, to be yes. precise. I'm Dave, and this is John. Hello. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> terrible idea for a way to introduce, but there we go. Sometimes you choose a direction, yeah. and yeah. then you get sort of stuck in that direction. But you have to commit, and well, you did that. And that's it. And yeah. I think that, in many ways, is the most important thing. Yeah. History will be kind to it. Anyway, folks, thanks for joining us. This is the slightly absurd, silly, morbidly yeah. glib, yeah. frequently coarse, yeah. I'm afraid... Often a bit crass. Yeah, a bit sweary. A bit sweary. Uh, fortnightly horror movie pitch creation podcast. It's in four acts. The first act, John and I get feedback from yep. the listening audience on last week's pitch. Which was my, my pitch a sequel to one of yours. Yeah, which a is Scottish John's. one. Yeah, Knuckle Abbey Country, sequel to episode four. So that's pretty exciting. We'll see what's come in the, yep. the proverbial mailbag. Yeah. No, metaphorical mailbag? Yeah no, yeah, no, I think, it, yeah, yeah, it would be a med med Yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound as good as the No, it doesn't does it? sound shit. Uh, well, this is, this is tell, you, tell you what, if I create a proverb about mailbags, yeah. is that's all really is needed, surely, yeah. to become proverbial? Go on then. Uh, <laughs> never trust an empty mailbag <laughs> on a Monday morning. What? Think There's, about it. It should be full on a Monday morning. Yeah, I suppose it should be, yeah. Anyway. But never trust. What are you worried about? Look, we're getting off topic. <laughs> getting off topic. This, you, can, you can hear more about this on yeah. Proverbs with Dave and John, yeah. uh, which is our other sister podcast. Yeah, it's a good uh, one, that. And we'll talk about that more in Act 4. So Act 2 is... Uh, act 2, we'll take a quick... <laughs> um, <laughs> take a quick stroll around the cultural grounds of stuff we've been doing yep. in the last couple of weeks. All of culture. All of culture, is it? Yeah, I think we're done. Tick okay. all the boxes. Hey, y'all! Welcome to Act One! <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that down a touch in the edit. Um, it's a bit brash, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? That guy needs to just calm down. He does. Now take so, that city red hat off. <laughs> this is yep. the section of the podcast where we get listener feedback. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Because what I didn't say in the intro is that the point of this podcast is that one of us comes with like a sketch of, of a course. horror movie yeah. that we'd like to see. Yeah. And then not only does the other host sort of interject mm. with ideas and thoughts and suggestions, but we then ask the audience to write in with, with theirs. You are a paint on our canvas. Right. So North of the Wall correspondent, yeah. Mothman educated. I've done that the wrong way around, haven't yeah, I? Right, I normally yeah. do the other way around, but hey. Mothman educated J-Dubs. Yeah, we are a bit loose around here. Loose yeah, oh, fast and loose. Yeah. Fast and loose. I'm looking forward to this feedback because he is obviously, like yourself, a Scot. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward oh, to Oh, that's right, because it was a Scottish play. It was very Scottish and I was nervous about that. Mm. Well, the subject line is peak face palm. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm assuming that's a that, thumbs up in, yeah, in Scotland. I don't know right? if that bodes well or not. <laughs> Hello to the last bear and 3DK. Hello. Pronounced John. Honestly, what's the point in trying to help the clarity of this feedback? 
I provide some nice explanations to my references in square brackets to save you wearing out Google and you skip over them, read them out, misunderstand them, and generally bungle the job worse than a fat cat burglar wearing clown shoes. <laughs> I'm, sitting, I'm sitting right here, mate. <laughs> Here's an experiment to see if you understand the format. Practice your silent reading for the square brackets below and apply the information to the subsequent text. <laughs> this experiment also serves to give you an insight into the workings of my brain. <laughs> When I start penning feedback, I have the following loop of lyrics in my head. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm not singing these things, J-dubs. <laughs> All the square brackets are like, sing this to the tune of Got Your Money by <laughs> fucking featuring Kellis by ODB. But aren't you proving Repeat this on a right loop? By, by not doing it? Because he says, you always mess it up by yeah. not doing this. Well, I'm sorry. This one I have... I've truly cocked up but only because I don't want to subject anyone to my singing voice you got a lovely singing uh, voice not without my lute oh of course you're, you're quite the bard uh, exactly I wouldn't <laughs> try and hit a note without my lute so anyway he says uh, <laughs> apart from asking me to sing in square brackets yep. ODB and then telling me to repeat that on a loop yep. he says uh, interesting that this puts me in the Kellis role uh, or Kellis sorry role yep. <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> Dave, you're doing really well, mate. Keep yeah, going. Yeah. So, uh, interesting that this puts me in the Khalees role to the podcast's ODB, but I'll leave that Freudian mess there. I have no idea what that reference is. Oh, Dirty Bastard? Is that what we're aiming for? So, uh, now, I my music knowledge is, is intricate yeah. and detailed up until about 2001. I'm not sure you can say that. I would say 89, to be honest, mate. <laughs> yeah. oh. I mean, you, you smack Christ. it before that. You really do. Mm. Well, anyway, I know who Khalees is. O- I, I, I mean, ODB could be all dirty bastards. Must but be, right? I think the more we discuss it, the more we come across like ignorant fools. Yeah. I mean, that would break the whole of the, the, the whole, whole thing. It's disastrous. Yeah. Seen behind the curtain. All the, all the financial backers would yeah. withdraw all their, <laughs> yeah. their money. Yeah, all of my online stock advice. I'd have to give back that Aston Martin. I've been doing a bit of a Norton <laughs> with the money, you know. I don't know if you've been following the Norton motorcycle <laughs> scam. No? Oh, well, they took a load of money, bought a load of supercars, and then yeah. we're like, oh, we don't have any money. Well, And now they're bust. Shit. Uh, so <laughs> he says, he says, feedback on feedback. A lot of good responses to my queries appreciated. Oh. Personal highlight was the Brexit Phantom Menace comparison. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, because you said uh, that the trade negotiations were like the beginning yeah, of the Phantom course. Menace, yeah. which you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. Regarding the pitch, very much enjoyed the use of the clearances as the setting and also avoiding the usual cliches in the portrayal of the soldiers. Oh, Thought the story was great. The oh, conclusion very much leaving the door open for Trilogy Month yeah. Pre-Gregorian name for the month of July. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right to me, yeah. uh, Good callbacks to the first film, although it really focused on the cold open of the first film. I yes, think, it did. I think some flashbacks might weave the stories together more. Yeah, it's a good idea. I like the priest and Annie in the first film, and it would be good to hear more of them either in flashback or a few years on if they survived. I presume, per my feedback on the original film... All the parts, Pertwee aside, are still played by Maggie Smith as McGonagall, yeah. <laughs> including the big man. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. FYI, Pertwee does a lot of voiceover work for both TV and games. Peace and love, J-Dobbs. <laughs> That's great feedback. I think he's completely bang on, actually, because I think it was on, on cast that I mentioned it. But one of the things that I, I couldn't really get to fit in, but it was very much in my head, was that the clearances had forced the creature itself to leave its home. 
Yes. In a kind of mirroring what was happening with Scotland. Yeah. And then it was causing havoc as it was moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you could definitely do flashbacks where you tied the end of the last well, one with the start of the clearances. Before you get carried away, I would just remind both you and J-Dubs that my original film pitch was set, I think, in 1500s? Yeah, so... And your one was set 1850s, roughly. Yes. So... The... There isn't too much time, though, between the start... I mean, because... The... There'd be more than one person's lifetime. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so you yeah, wouldn't be able to have, that. like, old Annie oh, and no. old priests I from think, the first one. I think the first flashback would be tying off the Annie storyline and then have another check-in, maybe at the start of the clearances when it's a lot more violent and stuff and then it taking advantage of it. And then when the blight hits, it starts to move. You could you could do stuff for that. Certainly, think I suppose what you could have done because your cold open introduced the contemporaneous it did location. Whereas what you could have done was used your cold open as perhaps a flashback or yeah. a montage of flashback as another Abbey yeah. makes its way down. Yeah. The only reason that I put the start in that I did was because I was talking to my wife about how horrible it would be to bite your own wrists. And that made her feel really sick. Mm. So I thought, well, I've got to write it down because if it makes her feel kind of awful, that's sort of... Is that a euphemism, a wrist biter? I feel like that's a euphemism. <laughs> it something. must be. Yeah. It sounds like one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there is ankle bite and it's, just, <laughs> it's the ankle of the, of the hand. Right? <laughs> it's, the, it's the ankle of the upper torso. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so, <laughs> Everyone says that. Yeah so, it's a, yeah. so yeah, so the whole idea of biting your arm ankles was really just... Was <laughs> hand just, ankles. Yeah, hand, <laughs> yeah, hand ankles. ankles. Yeah. <laughs> was just because it turned my wife's stomach and I thought, well, it's got to be good then, isn't it? I don't know whether you need to change the intro or whether you could do that in another way. I think it's a nice idea, but I don't know if it definitely requires it. If I can give a little secret of my process, if you will. Because uh, it's a oh, process. Go on. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah let's yeah. have an insight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, inside a writer's studio. Uh, pencils out, kids. I write two kinds of intros. One is one to just to tell myself what it's about. Mm. So this is what that one was. Just get myself in a tone. Yeah, you, you, just... you starting. With yeah, yeah, it's me going, what do I want this to be? Yeah. Blood. Gotcha. Right gotcha. And and sometimes the 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 prologue comes in purely as, as an introduction to a character. So there's two different kinds, and yeah, that yeah. one was very much a tone one. So you could easily change it. Well, he signs off uh, Bear's Den Big Man, which is a place in Glasgow. Bear's oh. But it doesn't have quite the same ring because it, it'd be more like Ooh, I'm the Bear's Den Big Man. Is <laughs> that kind of an accent? It sounds you get. lovely. Ooh. Hello, I'm the Bear's Den, big man. <laughs> Genuinely a little I'm bit. I'm used to check the pipes. <laughs> I don't know why. Genuinely working for me a little bit. <laughs> so that's all. That's actually all the feedback I had. Thanks, yeah. J Dubs. Everyone's obviously been busy yeah, with. It's uh, a busy old day. With the beginning of February, yeah. first two weeks of Feb, everyone's, yeah, everyone's yeah. prepping for Valentine's Day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I assume <laughs> you've done all the uh, re- I have requisite prep. Or something. It turned up smashed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah. Just plates. The classic Valentine's plates. Yeah. <laughs> smashed plates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I ordered them smashed, but not that smashed. They're easier to get in the dishwasher yeah. if they've been smashed. I'd been better if I'd said that I'd ordered her smash and it what, turned like... up smashed. And it was. Just... It's just... Okay, maybe mm, it wasn't better. I don't know if that would have been better. Write <laughs> <laughs> in, tell us what you think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no escape. I did mean to say. We ask for feedback on Patreons, yeah, or just the general bullshit that we talk about. Um, yeah. Feel free to feedback to that. I mean, the Hollyoaks conversation a couple of episodes back got a lot of traction, literally five hundred people. <laughs> so you know, feel free, yeah. and also don't feel like you can only reply to like the previous episode. Yeah, you can just chuck any old shit at us yeah. from any episode, and we'll gladly kind of update the pitch or the yeah. idea and have a have a chin wag about it. 
But the point of my little ramble is that you can email us at let's make a horror movie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can tweet us at lamampod, which is L M A H M pod. Mm-hmm. You can Instagram us at let's make a horror movie, and you can rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening yeah. to. I mean, iTunes is nice. Yes, yeah, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Thing. Apple Podcasts, I think it is now, is it? It might. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. So that. Yeah, yeah. So get in touch, but that's that's about it. Back to Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. So sacrificial stuff mainly for you. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just things to smash and break. Blood gods. Yeah, yeah. The whole shebang. Yeah, yeah. A lot of very small mice. I'm working. That's my angle this year because normally I sacrifice a goat, and I. Th- it's I classic, think, isn't it? I think that's where I've been going wrong. Yeah. Because well, yeah, I thought it was a classic. Yeah. I thought we can't go wrong with yeah. a goat. Goat's blood. Yeah. Bathe in that. Of course. I mean, it's all all this time. Yeah. You know. Some things last for a reason. Yeah. And that's one of them. And that's one of them. Yeah. But this it, last couple of years, not really working for me. No. Not really working. So I mushed a hundred cats through a blender. <laughs> that's yeah. that's yeah. what I've done. Cause I very figured, much of a modern twist. Yeah. I went, yeah. fernal. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baphomet, I'm sure, is, or what, is yeah. that, am I saying that right? Is it yeah, Baphomet yeah, or yeah, Baphomet? Yeah, yeah, I've always Whatever said Baphomet. But yeah. I figured if the goat isn't doing it for you, mate. How about a bunch of cats? Yeah, try some cats out. Yeah. And also, the movie Cats came out, and that was a bit like 100 Cats Being Slaughtered. I, I thought, theme it, you yeah. know, maybe he wants to do a sort of 101 Dalmatians, but with cats. <laughs> yeah. With minced cats. Yeah. But they'd probably be whole again when I they must get... admit, your, your spec script for 101 Dalmatians was strong stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even for the coaching, it was that, grim. was it? It was grim. The thing about that was that a lot of what was in that script has never been committed to film before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you were quite a bold visionary. And so, quite an auteur. <laughs> and so it's difficult to know really whether you get distribution. Yeah. You know, or get funding. Oh, I've, fuck, I'll yeah. get funding. All right. I think it was quite bold how you, you had the third discarded in Act 1. And it wasn't about that anymore. It was just purely meat. <laughs> Which was a real twist on it. Blood and Cum, that was the title. Um, uh, <laughs> one that made just Blood and Cum. <laughs> 101 Cats. Yeah, of course. 101 Cat Coat. Blood and Cum. <laughs> okay, well, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, welcome to Act 2. It sounds like a new interim. He's had some bad news. Uh, he's had some real bad news, actually, yeah. Um, Something's really taken the life yeah, out of him, isn't real, it? Yeah, real bad. I can't tell you about it, though. <laughs> I can't. I want to. I want to tell you all about it, but I cannot. It's too fresh, isn't it? It's, it's too all just a little bit much at the moment. Yeah. Um, so take, no, a bit, we understand take a bit that. of time. I need a bit of time. Uh, anyway, y'all want to kick off? <laughs> um, I'm still working through Adam Neville's back catalogue so to speak um, very much I'm now on his bat catalogue <laughs> yeah <laughs> clever you listen Adam <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of bats does he sell um, I mean I mean <laughs> is this from his shop Bats Amazing yeah. yeah yeah I've used them before I didn't know it was him yeah no I mean yeah. I mean, I mean that's a good, good thing he, he doesn't trade on his name he trades on the bats alone. exactly well the thing is the quality yeah. of the bats that he sells are bats Speaking amazing yeah. Speaking, <laughs> they, they, they sell like warm through cakes yeah they do you know yeah. so you know. those bats are fine off the show that's that that's that bit done <laughs> Got a little more bat puns in the back pocket. Um, so yeah, I'm now on Banquet of the Damned. Really good. Uh, to be honest, his writing style is phenomenal. I've, if you like horror, you like good British writing, go for it. He's, he's fantastic. He's generally probably my favourite modern British horror writer right now. Nice. Yeah, he's really good. 
Really, really good. That's great. I need to get them added to my reading list, as I said before, and I will do that. I'm just finishing um, Joanne M. Harris's Gospel of Loki, which is yeah. very enjoyable. Yeah. If you're really, really familiar with the Norse myths, then it might not be quite the most exciting book you've ever read. Cool. But if if they're still sort of fresh to you, yeah. then it's a real it's real fun. She puts a lot of personality into Loki, nice. which is a lot of fun to read. But besides that, yeah, I haven't I haven't really done much. I was going to say that Ben Aranovich's new novel. Yeah. false of course, value yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I got wrong in a previous episode is out I think either this week or next week depending on where you're listening to mm. this and I mean where not when because seemingly you can already get it in some bookshops so yeah false value for anyone oh, I can't remember what episode it is but we uh, went on at length about how great the Rivers of London books yeah. are and there's an absolute shit ton of them now I don't know if, is this number 8 maybe I think so yeah uh, they're all great they uh, are. obviously they are starting beginning graphic novels and novellas that all tie into this story that he's built so get involved and then you can go and buy false value out next week cool on uh, our pertwee watch yeah pertwee peak yeah i like that our fortnightly our fortnightly peak at pertwee yeah um, episode one of the Pale Horse is already on iPlay. Yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm really excited. I haven't watched it either. So uh, I've heard great things though. Excited, really good feedback, excited so. about it. On Monday, I watched Birds of Prey. Uh-huh. film, fucking brilliant. Wow, nine out of ten, I'd give it easily. All right, it's got it's got. John's the, instantly defending himself because I raised an eyebrow. That's all yeah. I did. I raised an eyebrow. I mean, that would have come across yeah, in look, the science. It was <laughs> <laughs> obviously. I, I maybe I should just verbalise that. Yeah, Dave raised his eyebrow. <laughs> like you I, get visually impaired. You want of, some like foley work, maybe to do like <laughs> to like break some celery. John shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> Dave raises an eyebrow and puts his cigarette out. Sorry, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing you get over, is, yeah, um, over the TV. So yeah, I mean that all leads nice onto Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah, which was a <laughs> quote easy nine out of ten. Yeah, it is. Um, it's got the two best leg raking scenes in any movie I've ever seen. That's a strong one. And I've seen both raids, and it's got yeah. it is. Uh, I'll tell you off my now. Are we stuff. so we're are we excluding misery from that because that's uh, Ooh, that's foot wrists as right. opposed yeah, to yeah it is because it's foot wrists as opposed <laughs> yeah. to full legs is yeah. it I don't know. <laughs> But I haven't seen Birds of Prey, so... Do you know what? One of the two best leg-breaking scenes isn't as good as Misery. The other one is better. Oh, but I mean, but then the context. I mean, like, that's an amazing film. Misery's... Please, um, yeah, it's, it's a full 10 out of 10. Um, we all know this. Um, no, Birds of Prey, I'd go and see it, guys. It's fantastic. It's really fun. It's really well made. <laughs> nice. I, I, I like it. She had a Zulu-themed birthday party last year. Not many parents stayed for that one. <laughs> I, mean, it was, I mean, everybody RSVP'd, but not many of them stayed to, to, to the cake. No. Did a lot of them come in fancy dress, or did they? <laughs> no, a lot of them made us a, a point not to, mm. and made a point to tell us that. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Still, more, goes, more cake for us. Exactly. It goes a bit against the uh, idea of a fancy dress party, yeah, doesn't it, does. it, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if anything, I mean, those parents, where's their... Where's the sense of adventure? Yeah, I mean, like, you can't you can't do Paw Patrol every year. Yeah, also it's historical. <laughs> you know, it's our finest. Yeah, you know, they'll do the nativity. <laughs> won't they? They'll do the nativity at school at Christmas. Yeah, but they, they won't do bloody Zulu. Oh, oh so country's gone mad. Double mate. standards. Yeah, Jesus was a black man, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or or at least a Middle Eastern but man. But now he we've got control you know, back. It's all going to change. But they're like, oh no, we can't dress him up as um, Zulus. 
<laughs> yeah, your your Zulu Jesus, Jesus character was a lot. Zulu Jesus is a. I didn't think you'd bring that up to be honest, John. That was a, <laughs> it that's wasn't a, well received. That's a screenplay from before Le Mans yeah. time. Zulu Jesus. I think the Times called it the worst one man play they've ever seen. I I did it as a. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it was written as a, uh, for Michael Caine. Um, <laughs> he was desperate to do it. <laughs> he, he, he actually, I, well, it all started, I got a letter from his agent a long time ago now. <laughs> saying Michael is interested in doing yeah, yeah. something yeah. in the Zulu universe. <laughs> yeah. My, Michael's had a fever dream and he sketched out Zulu Jesus. We think you're the man to do it. So he slurred it out over a few gins, apparently. Yeah. But uh, that's apparently how you know yeah. that he's really into it. That's how they came up with the Italian job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Small cars. so, yeah, so I got the letter and then, um, well, obviously, I mean, Zulu Jesus, you can kind of figure out where I took yeah. it. But Michael, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it was, you know, I, I worked with Michael very you closely. You did work very close. You've very, very firm friends. Yeah, you? very firm friends. Um, Until his family stepped in. <laughs> it's their inheritance Nicholas it? said it was inappropriate and yeah. you know some people have that opinion yeah but um, I, look, we're adult babies we're allowed to do that I, I would say time <laughs> time has been kind to you in the sense that I think it would go down better now what the adult babies or the Zulu the Zulu Jesus, Zulu Jesus. I think right now that's really going to capture the actual zeitgeist yeah and now I think so yeah. I, I I think the time beyond is BBC right. at Christmas I mean look Michael look, it's not a secret that he's getting on in years <laughs> and so like he might struggle to do some of the physicality of the part which, it was a very physical it's, part it's very I mean, yeah. well I mean a few of the people that did it on, on yeah. the West End didn't I mean they I don't I don't like to think it's because of Zulu Jesus but no. people have said that they did die as a result I mean I, I mean <laughs> some people did take their own life that did happen quite a, a number of times but I don't know how much blame to be put on you no. The thing that I learned, I think, ultimately, was for that role not to employ someone that had was of the Christian faith. Yeah. <laughs> because that was the mistake I kept making. Yeah. Was that I was sort of out Christianitying Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Zulu Jesus. You were trying to win religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they sort of got the true flavor of Yahweh. Yeah. If you like, yeah, yeah. through Zulu Jesus and. Um, <laughs> I think ultimately it was a lot of, they unhinged yeah you know yeah, it was yeah. like they'd become un, slightly just unhooked someone had yeah. unhooked the I mean I mean, I think the word crisis of faith was on most of the death certificates yeah well certainly one of them sc- scrolled it in his own shit <laughs> didn't he yeah um, he did and that's why we cast him <laughs> anyway if you want to hear more about Zulu Jesus drop us a tweet <laughs> uh, yeah no. we can dig that one out <laughs> yeah we'll dig it out um you know, I might tidy it up for more than audiences. <laughs> um, I know, I'll run it past Mike. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can call him Mike, but yeah. it took years to even get to that. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, because he, he's... Not not personable. He's a, <laughs> he's just got particular tastes. Yeah. You know. Um, don't have white hair. <laughs> I'm just telling you, don't have white hair. Yeah. Because he's the only one that still have to have white hair yeah, in yeah. the room. So, you know. But, you know. Just a little <laughs> hint. Yeah. Dave touches his nose and points towards John. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Um, moving on. That's been fun. Yeah. Let me just check check my notes. We've done um, Birds of Prey. (laughs) We've done Adam Neville. We've done Zulu Jesus. I think think we're done, mate. I think we're done. done. I'm glad you had Zulu Jesus on the list. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's kind of nice throwback. Yeah, it throwback. Is. Yeah, if only. Oh, to it says Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Throwback Thursday. <laughs> one from the archives. Yeah, one for the old fans. Welcome to the third act of the show. Hello. I don't know. I can do a much better accent than that. I'm just not feeling it tonight. I mean, it, it's made it clear that the bad news he's received is definitely about his own health now. He certainly clear. a lot of the energy it gone, hasn't it? I mean, that's it's what really I was got getting. Out of him. Yeah. <laughs> he's on his knees now. <laughs> he, so um, anyway, look, thanks to Randy uh, yeah. for introducing the act. So Act Three, John. Um, yeah. As we said in the opener, you stepped up. You've you've taken a Dave week, which is actually going to rewrite almost all the rules. Yeah, because it's suddenly you're going to move yeah. from being odd episodes to evens, and I'm going to move. Top mate. It's the world's gone mad upside yeah, it down. Has. Upside down. Yes, yeah, so it's one of the um, seven seals that is that we swap around. It certainly was one of the oracles. Yeah, I think a for... leader will rise in Jerusalem. Mm. And, then, and then we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the other part of it. <laughs> yeah. Here comes John's pitch, everybody. Hello. Okay, so, little caveat with this one. I've tried to push myself a little bit in terms of writing something quite different. Ooh. It's been inspired, I mean, not inspired, but I was uh, saying off mic that I've been listening to uh, the band Skind, who do like quite strange industrial. S-K-Y-N-D? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they do industrial sort of metal. Is it definitely Skind? It's not Skind? I'm not entirely sure, mate. No. I'm not entirely sure. Where's the uh, research? I've, I've so little. So Tw- little please, everybody, tweet John uh, yeah. at Laman Pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, let him know, is it Skind or Skind? But you'll yeah. have to spell it phonetically because obviously... That's the, that's the issue yeah. at hand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So don't just don't just add to the confusion. You know what? It could be skinned because they do think about quite bleak, real things. I mean, it just seems like it's one of these. It's like no FX. Yes. Right. It's like one yeah. of these. Like, oh, we're gonna or you two. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna spell something, but differently. They are like you two, but only sing about slow clap. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the you two of serial killer inspired music. <laughs> And you two are up pretty high on that list. They are really yeah. high on that so, list. Yeah, so yeah. that says a lot for Skynes. Yeah. <laughs> we open on a young woman banging on the door of a convent in the driving rain. She slides down the door in exhaustion as it opens, and light spills out, illuminating her. She looks up wide-eyed, a face bathed in light, and she smiles warmly. That's it. That's all you got. That's all you got, mate. Are you thinking, oh, what the fuck's this about? Convent? Young woman. Convent's cool. It, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But I would just say, how do we know it's a convent? Oh, because the woman who answers the door is a nun. Ah, there you yeah. go. You don't find nuns anywhere, like, everywhere, mate. Bloody old penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, love. What you doing here at this time? Welcome to the convent. Mate, uh, stop my, reading my picture. Yeah. <laughs> my version's a sort of hammer horror carry-on yeah. combo. Yeah. Call the convent as it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carry on convent. Carry on nunning. <laughs> we see a different woman. So, it's, oh, so we've had the sorry. That's this a is now post credit. Cop- yeah, that's post credit. So that's just a little little teaser. You know it's going to be set in a convent. That's what you know. You've got <laughs> yeah. that in the bank. Yeah, nice. Right. We see a different woman in her early twenties coming to the same convent. So you, it's implied many years later. So probably visual cues of this. Oh, okay. Time's yeah, oh, time's passed. She is called Sister Mary Ava. But she usually goes by Sister Ava. She's taken her final vows and has come to the convent of the blood of the Holy Family, which is an inner city mission. She's introduced to her fellow sisters, including Mother Superior Bernadette, who is very friendly and greets Sister Ava kindly, but does appear to be slightly vacant a few times during her conversation. She's quite elderly. She's not quite sort of fully there. 
So she sort of like goes off in a distance and milky eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I don't want to go too cliche, yeah. but I do like a milky eye. It's a milky eye. Man. Although, <laughs> I think you got to go one milky eye because I can't remember the name of the movie, but there's a recent horror movie huh? with a girl in a basement of maybe a nunnery, yeah. oh, not a nunnery. V- Veronica. Veronica. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. She, yeah that, there's a nun in that with milky yeah. eyes. So oh God, we'll maybe yeah. have to right lessen the milk. Maybe maybe I don't know, like a really a really protruding vein on mm. her forehead or yeah, something. Yeah. Some, yeah, okay. Something just to throw you off a touch. Yeah, yeah. Something you kind of go, oh gosh, she's not all right. One milky eye, yeah, and, yeah. and the vein. <laughs> <laughs> sister Ava is also introduced to her roommate, Sister Rose, <laughs> who is quite young but clearly excited to have a new friend and a new roommate. The whole first day is one of bright sunlight and cheer as she's shown her various daily duties which include cooking for the soup kitchen and mending clothes to be given to the homeless. She gets told that she should meet Sister Ariel when she returns, as she will love her. Her love is what keeps this convent together, particularly since Mother Superior Bernadette is becoming increasingly absent. So that's all you get. You just get a kind of rough idea of what the, what the mission does. It's the most case for the homeless, and that Sister Ariel is somebody significant. Do we know where it's set? In, in a city in America, I was thinking. So yes, Yeah, yeah, somewhere where you've got... As like, previously discussed, they're, they're all the same. They're all the same. Pick one out of a hat. Yeah, it could be LA, could be, you know, Mississippi. <laughs> Key. <laughs> well, we well look, hey, let's just move past that. <laughs> or Seattle. One of each. Yeah, yeah. Interchange. A state, a city, whatever yeah. you like. Yeah. They're all the same. Could even be in fucking Canada, mate. Oh, jeez. It could be, be any America Junior. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. America's hat. I don't think we get a Canadian listener as much as I love Canada. No, yeah, yeah. You uh, were there for a while, weren't you? I used to live there, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful part of the world. I used to spend a lot of time with Michael out there for. When we were doing Zulu Jesus, yeah, yeah. a lot of work. Well, because he had to do a lot of Kung Fu training for it. He did, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can say that now. I couldn't say that at the time because I was under embargo, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you all signed um, NDAs, didn't you? NDAs up to the hilt. Yeah. Because, because the, the press were quite interested in it. Right? Everyone was all over it. <laughs> everyone was all over yeah, it for, for reasons that opinions. I didn't need to even bother explaining. Yeah. It was called Zulu Jesus and Michael yeah. Kane was playing... A ethnically accurate Jesus, <laughs> but a Zulu version. Yeah. In the near future. <laughs> <laughs> a few days later, Sister Ava is awoken in her room by a noise. In the pitch black, she sees a shape crouching on the floor in prayer. Her breath catches in her throat and the figure raises its head to reveal a beautiful middle-aged nun. Ava switches on the light and the crouching nun smiles broadly with tears running down her cheeks. She moves quickly from the floor towards Ava and squeezes her in a hug. As she sobs and laughs, she exclaims that she is so excited that her family has grown uh, once again and that she is Sister Ariel and she would love Ava like no other until she goes to God. Sister Ava needs to already... I'm just... I don't like it. It's, I don't it's like a red flag, it. I'm Sister it's Ava, a red flag, mate. flagging all over the yeah. shop. Uh, an overfriendly nun. We've all, we've all been there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ariel, laughing joyfully, holds on to her for a long time until Ava says that she's tired because she's obviously slightly awkward with this mm. entire encounter. Ariel lets go of her and suggests that they offer a quick prayer to thank God for each other. Ariel looks intensely at Ava one last time before saying that she knows Ava is different. She just doesn't know in what way yet. After this, she leaves. As Ava turns off the light, she sees Sister Rose's frightened face staring at her before she quickly turns over. Sister Ava goes to say something, but decides against it for now, because it's a late hour. Right, so she's sharing a room with another sister, Sister yeah. Rosa. Yeah, she turns over to see Sister Rose. Sister Rose is looking like wide-eyed, awake, clutching at the whole interaction. Third, just quick mention, third, yeah. that's the third Ava we've now had. It is a third. 
The following day, Sister Ava is preparing the donated clothes alongside Sister Rose. Rose seems happy and chats about how this kind of work is so useful and fulfilling. Outside the window, Ava sees that Mother Superior is sitting in a courtyard outside with her legs spread out in front of her. Sort of like a toddler almost, just sitting there, just yeah. squatting in the middle of the thing. Unnerving. And it is unnerving. I mean, I mean, a lot of this, the, the, the tension would be in the direction more than anything else. Yeah. Um, sister <laughs> yeah, Ava. the burden's on the director. Yeah, I mean, not, not your fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fucking hell, mate. I'm from <laughs> yeah. a, a player. I've seen, you, I've seen you before. You just you literally you walk up holding the script at arm's yeah. length in between your, yeah. your your finger and your thumb. Yeah, and you just drop it like a smelly nappy yeah. and, and walk off. And, and the pages aren't numbered or attached to each other. <laughs> yeah, so they can work it out. Drops in a huge yeah. like flurry, <laughs> yeah. a mess. Yeah, yeah and that's you. And that's you. I'm done. Don't finish with it. Money's in the bank, mate. Yeah. Okay, so. Sister Ava points out that Bernadette seems quite happy out there because she's just sitting in the sunlight, sort of happy. Sister Rose goes to look and panics, saying that she's been doing this a lot, sometimes even at night. She takes Ava's hands and says that they should go outside and bring her in. Clearly the Mother Superior is unwell, and all the nuns know this. By the time they arrive, Sister Ariel has already begun to lead Bernadette away. Ava attempts to stop her by saying that she'll call an ambulance or some kind of doctor to get her checked out, because she's clearly vacant. She's just sort of there. And, and Mother Superior is the one with one milky eye in the vein? With the milky eye, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, old milk eye. Old milk eye vein. Yeah, yeah. Or, or cre- maybe a veiny eye. Yeah, or know? cream yeah. peepers. Oh, oh, I tell you what, fucking burst blood vessel in yeah. an eye yes. can look really... Just basically, you know... Something. Worrying. Worrying, yeah, worrying yeah, yeah. yeah, like a uh, conjoined twin. Like a, like a conjoined twin. I mean, no, 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 that's worrying. I mean, yeah. like, so, something like yeah. a conjoined twin. I mean, yeah, whenever you, whenever you try to discover a conjoined twin, you always go, you know, like a, like an old nun. <laughs> like an old nun's shoulder yeah, from horror in, movie. Interchangeable thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm always so. mixing them up. <laughs> by the time they arrive, Sister Aaron has already begun to lead Benedetta away. Ava attempts to stop her by saying they should call an ambulance or some kind of doctor. But Sister Aaron assures her that they are family and they can look after Mother Superior just fine. This leads to a tense confrontation, which clearly upsets Rose. So Ava backs down. So Ava's like, no, 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 seriously, mm. this, we need to do something about this. And they're like, no, we know what we're doing. And Rose Bit is clearly praying. panicked and is, yeah. she's like, all right, I'll step away from the situation. Um, is it, is this modern day, sorry? This M- modern day, yes. Yeah, yes okay. It's all modern day. So we get more scenes establishing the routine of the nunnery. Mother Superior often wanders the corridors and either Sister or Sister Ariel and one of the senior nuns make sure she returns to her quarters. At least once a month, the bishop arrives to oversee the work there and check in on things. Excuses are made for Mother Superior and Sister Ariel takes a lead on these occasions. When it comes to dinner, it is just the assembled nuns, during which Ariel often gives sermons while they eat. So she kind of sits on a chair, stands on a chair and just kind of gives sermons to all of the nuns. She talks of the meaning of their family and their love. She says that their love is direct from God as he is their husband and father. And as long as they have his love in their heart, then everything they do will, will come directly from him. Sister Errol speaks cryptically of sacrifice and that they are all disconnected from God while they are alive, with only his love as a connection. Like Blended a, cats. Yes. <laughs> like a string in a maze that will, that will one day return them to him. She demands that they never try to join God themselves, for that will lead them to hell. They will return to him when there's nothing more for them to do, and that is not yet. Sister Errol also tells them that she knows the way for them to return to God and she will make sure no one stops them. So nice. Weird. Only a little bit like... Mm, that's, that's, that's oh yeah, no, happens. it's like uh, yeah, big big red flags. Yeah, I, I was going to ask at the beginning of that bit. Oh, are they normal? Is she saying normal kind of ceremony yeah. stuff, or is it it's sort of crazy? It's and normal, but there's an edge. You already answered that question. Yeah, yeah she's obviously gone a bit uh, uh, sk- uh, uh, something more uh, PC. I don't know. <laughs> 
So this obviously had a couple yeah. of chairs knocked over in the attic. Yeah, I think I've put, you know. I think I've put down here donkey brained. I think that's the... That's <laughs> the that? yeah. yeah, yeah, that's there. Yeah. I'm just trying to be euphemistic yeah. with the attic yeah, and the chairs. But yeah, no, yeah. donkey brained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Ava attempts to speak to Sister Rose about the sermons on many occasions, but he's always rebuffed. And she's like, oh, that's quite intense. What, 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 what's this about? Yeah, what's the um, whole, uh, you don't try and join God yourself? Exactly, what's, yeah. what's that? Yes. So in one, so, so until one day, um, Sister Ava directly asks Sister Rose why Ariel tells them not to try and join God themselves. She asks what she means by this and oh. why she repeats it so much. Rose mutters that there have been sisters who found their calling too taxing, too difficult. Through this conversation, Ava discovers that over the years there have been a number of suicides at the convent. Although this is explained away as the community work is particularly emotionally taxing due to the savage poverty and hardship they constantly see every day. So it's a, it's a particularly trying mission to Right, yeah, yeah. You just so they, people... so they, there's a viable rationale for exactly, why yeah, that it's people just, it's might find work. it too much. Yeah, yeah, got it. Sister Ava is, is horrified. The work is difficult, but they do reach so many. That doesn't really make sense because they are nuns and they are prepared for this sort of thing. Uh, Rose offers no more answers. Over time, the sermons increase in length as Sister Ariel repeats their love for each other and God. And through that love, God's will is shown. Sometimes she speaks for so long that the food is completely cold before they are permitted to eat. Although with increasing frequency, many of the nuns stop eating altogether in the evenings as the emotional toll of Sister Ariel's speeches leave them exhausted. So they're becoming so enraptured and so focused that any thought of anything else sort of like leaves them. So Ariel is not the head nun. Head nuns, milky eye, yeah. Bloody eye bonkers. Cream peepers, yeah. <laughs> um, she's the one who's... But, but Raspberry Ariel's... peepers. <laughs> milky and a bloody... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, one milky, one blood. No, okay, go for it, mate. There you go. Yeah. Um, Just pick a mix, isn't so, it? <laughs> so Sister Ariel's <laughs> taken on more sort of control of the place because there is... The, right, the absence... and so the other senior nuns... Are all now beginning to exec- defer to exec- So the exec nuns are yep. deferring yeah, to... Yeah. Yeah. Ariel. Yeah. You no. you're real hench nuns yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um so you would get more of that. Because to be fair So they they are they are almost Ariel's hench nuns. Yeah, yeah. 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 So real goons. Yeah. <laughs> this, but, this, this, you mean noons. Well done. On the face of it, everybody's nice and supportive as you would yeah. expect, and yet there is a sort of a weird tone that's coming out yeah. both behaviorally. Yeah. And in the sermons, exactly, and, the real tension, you know, in yeah. sort of certain scenarios, yeah. yeah. Eventually, if Sister Ava decides to talk to Sister Ariel directly and tell her that her sermons are causing too much distress for the other nuns, that she sort of is actually taking a toll on them. However, Sister Ariel is increasingly difficult to reach as more fanatical sisters tell her that Sister Ariel needs to rest during the day and should not be disturbed. So they start to take the reins from, from her as well. Ava tries to tell them of superior concerns, but her declining mental and physical health makes this. A waste of time, essentially. Mm. She's she's barely present at this point. So she's maybe just sitting in the garden still and she's trying to say to her, Look, I'm not sure this is a healthy environment right now. I think some sisters are struggling and Ariel's... She's not necessarily blaming her, but she's kind of like, she's not helping this already difficult mission she's do in its a, thing. She's frustrated because the mother superior is in a position, yeah, theoretically... To do something about it, yeah. to do something about it and isn't because yeah. she's all milky, bloody-eyed. Exactly. And out of a box... On, on something. She's out of a box. Yeah. She's out of a box. Um, Sister Ava manages to communicate with the bishop during one of, of his visits with the help of Sister Rose. She frantically tells him that Ariel is becoming a kind of zealot and it may not be healthy for her or her other sisters. The bishop asks for any kind of evidence of this and Ava sort of tells him about the sermons which preach love, family and their connection to God. 
And Mr. Bishop laughs and points out that they are nuns and says exactly what they should believe and that's what they should do. Um, she leaves her saying that Ava should question why she's finding that so worrying. And maybe she should question her own faith instead of trying to blame a very capable nun who's who he's fighting. Classic, classic bishop. Classic bishop. Passing the book, bishop. Moving diagonally. No, bishop. I'm just say, <laughs> hey, yeah. Bishop tonight, seven. Yeah. <laughs> Later that day, she sees Aaron and the bishop talking. The bishop says something unheard to Ariel. And laughs. He obviously he's clearly telling her about. Oh, Ava's, I see. And he's kind of going, "Oh, you never guess what one of your said to me." Yeah. Just saying that, you know, and then he's just laughing it off. But Ariel stares at Ava, so clearly she she's not happy with what mm. has happened. Mm. That night, Sister Ava stirs in her sleep, and she sees that Rose's bed is empty. She quietly calls her friend and creeps around the convent to find her. All the other beds are empty. Eventually, she hears noises and sobbing from the courtyard. So quietly, she makes her way there. All her fellow sisters are standing around someone in the garden. Flickering candlelight illuminates Sister Ariel's weeping face. Ava moves to a better position and sees a naked Sister Rose heaving with sobs as she beats herself. All the nuns are sort of like crying almost and swaying around her. Droplets of blood cover the floor all around her and they twinkle in the sparse light. She runs to try and stop her friend but but Rose begs her to let her continue as she needs to show her love for her family and God. Ava calls in horror and catches Sister Ariel's gaze who just stares at her while joyful tears flow freely down her cheeks. Over the next few days, Ava is completely isolated from her fellow sisters. Even Sister Rose, who's noticed to be haggard and pale, now keeps her distance. The sermons have become more intense as Ariel preaches about how she will guide their family back to God's love and that she will try to save as many people as possible from this wicked world. Wow. Yeah, it's all getting a bit much, mm. isn't it? And this one's not too long. This is a long one. No, no, this is good. We're all built up and ready now. It's yeah. all... I can't wait. Okay, I mean, the next bit... The next bit is... Um, it's a lot. Oh. The intensity increases until the day of the next soup kitchen, when people start to react badly to the food. They double over in pain and start to vomit blood violently, choking to death. Fuck. Panic grips the whole soup kitchen as the choking sounds of the dying home has become deafening. The nuns who are present back away from the horror. Um, so they just sort of move away with no real reaction to this. We pull back to see the carnage as the hall of the soup kitchen is littered with the bodies of the, the people the nuns were meant to help. Ava looks on in horror as Sister Rose looks her straight in the eyes and eats some of the now clearly poisoned food. So the, the food itself yeah. has been poisoned. Awesome. Sister Rose's eyes are strained with lack of sleep and exhaustion as she trembles while chewing the tainted food. Ava tries her best to make Rose be sick, but she still sadly dies in her arms. The police arrive and question everybody and it becomes clear that Rose poisoned the food and the wounds over all, all over her body make her appear like a fanatic. Mm. So they're just kind of going, this nun has just basically lost her mind. Yeah. Um, so it's all blamed on her, essentially. It takes days to clear away the blood and the bodies and the ruined food and the vomit and all the other kind of gross stuff. All the nonsense. <laughs> all the nonsense, indeed. <laughs> they search and clear Rose's room and the mother superior is also removed from the convent due to her, her declining health and lack of oversight. <laughs> the bishop temporarily puts Aaron in charge as the media swarm outside the convent, looking to find out more about the merciless sister who murdered so many poor and homeless. That may be the darkest scene I've ever written. It's quite dark. Very and dark. I quite, and I was worried about it. Hey, but, but look, you've killed more kids in one movie already yeah. than you have just adults in this one. Yeah. Poor or otherwise. Exactly. So, you know. It, I'm alright, aren't I? Not that dark. My hands are clean. I mean, there was one where there was a scene in uh, Education of Ellis, yes. episode 11, where you literally killed 16 children in one single I scene think... at the same time. 
I think in this, I think it's I because, it, it's, because it's the most because it's like vulnerable being done yeah, by. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> but, yeah. I'm being morbidly glib, surprisingly. Ava becomes increasingly paranoid as she's now constantly alone in an almost empty room. Every night she can sit, hear her fellow nuns walking out, walking the corridors outside her room and disturbing her sleep. So there's a sort of sense that they're purposely trying to, in shifts almost, trying to stop her from sleeping mm. because she's now an outsider completely now. Also, the self-flagellation appears to be increasing as many of the nuns now seem pallid and in pain. One of Ariel's senior follows bleeds through a habit and collapses in front of Ava, but is quickly sort of like taken away. She stops attending the sermons and misses mealtimes, taking quick bites to eat whenever she can. Although since the massacre, all the charity work has been obviously ceased, so the daily routine has been abandoned in favour of Sister Ariel's relentless preaching and praying. The nuns make cross signs and mutter prayers whenever she goes to approach them. They are becoming clearly hostile and almost fearful of her. Also, the soup kitchen is still off limits as a crime scene, as the investigation still appears to be ongoing, but it only increases the mood of like paranoia in the convent, so now it's a very strange atmosphere. This builds until one night, so we're going to get into sort of third act, really. So a lot of this, you would build up scenes yeah. of increasing tension sure. and increased alienation and everything yeah. else. We're following Ava very closely, yeah. and therefore we're very close to her experience, and exactly, we're feeling yeah. that tension build. Exactly, yeah. I think we just want it so much about the mood, because it's essentially one setting, right. that I think, because I was talking about whether you should see scenes away from her, but I think it's important that she's the POV the whole time in this one. So this builds into one night, so there's constant tensions has been going over the last flood a few days while the convent's still sort of on lockdown almost. When Ava is violently dragged from her room by the other nuns and brought before Sister Ariel in the chapel. She desperately tries to appeal to her captors that they but they ignore her completely. Their eyes blankly staring ahead. Sister Ariel is in mid sermon as she's telling her followers that Sister Rose's heroic sacrifice to bring so many poor souls back to God ah. at the expense of her own eternal life was beautiful but sadly it may bring down the whole convent and their entire mission. This is proof that the devil controls the world outside the convent, as those who try to help are treated this badly. She shouts that soon they will all be taken away, and that the paradise will be um, taken away from them if they're not strong enough to resist. Ava is dragged into the aisle before Ariel, who points at her as an example of one such enemy who's made it impossible for their good work here to continue. Ariel demands that Ava beat herself to show for her family that she knows she has done wrong. Ava refuses and struggles to try and escape, causing Ariel to strike her forcefully with a candlestick. Ava falls to the floor, her head bleeding, and as she dips in out of consciousness, she sees Ariel standing over her, shouting and screaming to her congregation. She cannot hear what is being said, but Ariel is practically foaming at the mouth of intensity. Her eyes are wild with excitement. As Ava's hearing returns, she can hear Ariel telling the nuns they need to hurry as the devil is coming for them, to stop them doing what they need to do. She rants that they need to save each other, because if they are saved only themselves, then God would deny them. So she's basically saying, you can't kill yourselves, you have to kill each other, nice. because suicide's a sin. So, so she's basically saying you need to look after each other yeah. to get yourselves out of this. And am I right in thinking that, just so I'm on the right thread, she intentionally wanted Rose to kill all the homeless yeah. people? Because yeah, that's yeah. her taking them yeah. to God when she exactly. wants yeah, them yeah. to go to God. Yeah. She rants and needs to save each other because if they save themselves, God would deny them. It takes Ava a few minutes to realise that Ariel is commanding the nuns to kill each other. As she does, the most fanatical of Ariel's um, followers immediately descend on her sisters who are clearly more doubt- doubtful. So the ones at the back who are, who are there still, but uh, maybe they aren't like the inner circle. And then they fall upon them mercilessly, essentially, and they just, just, just beat them to death, essentially. The nuns at the back scream. Some attempt to escape while others face their insane sisters. Either way, they're cruelly and brutally murdered. Um, Sister Ariel's followers stand over the bodies of their former sisters, 
panting with exertion, the habit stained with blood, and the fanatics turn on each other violently like starving dogs, and we cut away from the carnage as blood pools on the floor of the chapel. It laps against Ava's legs and feet. As Sister Ariel begins to be weeping tears of pure joy at the slaughter as Ava lifts herself up. Ava tries to wrestle the bloody candlestick from Ariel, but she's still groggy from her head wounds, and there's a little bit of a kind of a scuffle mm-hmm, over yeah. the girls. Yet she manages to overpower Ariel, who first falls to the floor and looks up at Ariel, smiling broadly, like she was in the opening. Um, and she says that she's pleased that her sister will help her return to their father, God, and that Sister Ava is doing God's work. With police sirens sounding off in the distance, the beaten and bleeding Ava utters a short prayer and brings a candlestick down on Sister Ariel. And that's the end. Oh, tasty. Yeah, what do yeah. you think? I tried to do something a bit different with this one. Welcome to Act 4, y'all. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, man, look, I mean, I, mean, I feel like, first of all, congrats on what I think I could say is our first cult. Would you call it a cult? Yeah, yeah, first cult yeah movie. definitely cult. Cool. I mean, there was a really congrats. big influence in this. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, the main influence was Jim Jones. I'm not going to run off beat around the bush. James to uh, yeah. his non-friends. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm James Jones. Yeah, Jimmy to me and you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got out there quick, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> look, was on our side. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely an influence because I, I really liked the fanaticism. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I think uh, there's a lot of great horror movies that have nuns yeah. and convents. and uh, So it's conjuring <laughs> loads of movies that I really liked. Yeah. But, you know, it was different to all of them. Yeah. And so, great. Yeah, loved it. Oh, thank you. In an environment like that, when faith and connection become so key, it seems so vulnerable. Because in this, I was quite careful to make sure that Ariel was the real deal. Like, it wasn't for sex, it wasn't for money, it wasn't yeah. for drugs. It was, it was, she was a fanatic. I think that's fine, man. I think, uh, look, any belief system can be exploited. Yeah, that was that was whether it's religious yeah. or otherwise. So I, th- I think that's totally yeah. fair territory. I, I, to I, I would plow. never want to do like an anti-religious thing because also so I wanted to make the difference <laughs> no, between. God forbid. <laughs> oh, no, God forbid. Uh, I mean, no. You, if <laughs> anything, you've been nothing but reverent of all religions since been. we started this yeah. podcast. Oh, hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, hell oh, yeah. Oh, Johnny Gandhi. <laughs> Second Gandhi reference. <laughs> Pouring out for the big man. Um, that was the sequel, wasn't it? Pour one out for the big man. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Johnny Gandhi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's his rogue nephew. <laughs> he learned some lessons. He's out for way. revenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I would watch that. I, again, he's old now, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of thing that after Zulu Jesus yeah. had such input and interest <laughs> from him. That Mike might want to... I think Kane would be the perfect person to play a kind of force ghost version of Mahatma. (laughs) (laughs) To, like, offer wise words at the lowest ebb of the movie when everyone's against Johnny and he needs someone to get him through it. (laughs) Kane comes up as Gandhi. I think because you know with Michael Kane that for a role like that, he he just would get that subtlety just right. He would. Just right. He would commit. Yeah. It's treading a tightrope, isn't it? Yeah. Especially with the cultural implications of casting him <laughs> yeah. as Gandhi's ne- was it n- nephew? Yeah, I yeah. forgot already. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean to be fair, I mean, you, you, you quite well. You would have to expect the audience to suspend disbelief because Kane's a lot taller than Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be yeah. There's, yeah, there's a the certain main, amount you'd main... have the audience to come with you on this. Yeah. And... <laughs> He's certainly just a bit more he's, yeah. filled out he as is well, a bit isn't more, he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Candy, <laughs> notoriously a bit of a... Picky uh, yeah. 
he's a real featherweight, wasn't he? Yeah, but was he featherweight or bantamweight? I can't well, remember. Running, I did. Yeah. I used to follow him though. When he, so <laughs> I went to all his fights. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Good yeah, he quick, was very fast. Yeah, he's like Dalson. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just to make it clear. I even distanced myself from that comparison okay. immediately. Oh man, oh, I'm gonna have to cut that. Oh no, uh, keep it in. The no, people no, should know. People should know. Oh. <laughs> right, look. Is it that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I suppose that is bad. Is that bad? It's bad. I, I don't think it's bad. I said he was cut. like Dalson. I didn't yeah. say he was what Dalson. Way? Huh? In what way? Well, they're both from India. Okay, yeah. Um, Stretchy. Well, I was commenting on his fighting abilities, wasn't yeah, I? So it's sort of, there's a second yeah. parallel. Yeah, it? yeah. So yeah. not that, maybe I'll leave it in. Dandy had a bad <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it in. I'll maybe do a, I'll do a few test screenings. Yeah. <laughs> or audio test screenings, yeah, obviously. And we, it, we just have, when we do them, we do them in a cinema, but we of just course. have it on the screen, which have a big picture of me and you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking critically at the audience. <laughs> and judging them. We stand there and we're like, do, do you want to see a test screening of the next Hollywood blockbuster? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. one better when yeah. they get in there. Hollywood sorry. Because we don't want it obviously getting out, do oh, we? Oh, like, oh, we no, couldn't yeah. be like, you want to listen to an le- episode of Let's Make a Horror Movie. Yeah. Um, well, we'd join all the crowd. <laughs> because it would get out, wouldn't yeah, it? would be like yeah, fucking we... Beatles, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I was trying to do something a bit different with this one. Mm. I-, I had the idea for quite a while. It's an isolated like lifestyle anyway. The idea of being in a city but being isolated was also a bit of a factor there as well. Also as well the fact that I wanted to have them hurting the most vulnerable, which would be the homeless. Yeah. I thought that would be quite a scary sort of realisation. One of um, the main aspects of the story that I think I would like, if ever a movie people would walk out of the auditorium questioning, is that essentially the whole movie is basically Sister Ariel killing herself. That the whole thing is is her. Yeah, it's her trying to get yeah. killed. Yeah, she doesn't want to kill herself, as yeah, you quite rightly exactly, made clear. Yeah. She is grooming Sister Ava from the get go to be the one who kills her because she thinks I've got a way out here. I think it was a huge debt to nuns on the run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's. I mean, that and Sister Act loom large. I mean, I think probably could get Robbie Cole training. <laughs> Eric Idle might be pushing it. Get Even Cracker, get Cracker anything. involved. <laughs> a 90s throwback reference yeah. for anyone there. There was actually another aspect to that, because so the Ariel, in, as a name, means Lioness of God, and nuns pick their own name. Uh. So nuns will often call themselves a name that has significance for other for their life. I didn't know that, actually. Uh, That's really interesting. Yeah. I, would, I would go, I think, if I was a nun... Yeah. And, you know, hey, look, write yeah. in, tell us what you think. You'd be Sister Big Balls, wouldn't you? No, I'd be... Um, <laughs> That'd be Sister Rodimus Prime. (laughs) (laughs) After Rodimus Prime. Yeah, of course. From Transformers the movie. The thing is, though, I mean, it'd be hard when they're calling out your name because lots of nuns would turn. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's it's a a common one. It is a common common one. one. It's like Mary Rodimus Prime. It's like Mary, yeah. Um, I, I did also have a slight. I mean, now you've made me feel. Now you made me feel contrived because I picked like <laughs> yeah. the Smith, the, of, the Smith one. of nuns. Yeah. names. I mean, there's a lot of nuns out there touching. Yeah, <laughs> and then a lot of nuns listening to this, thinking, "Are they taking the piss out of my name?" Yeah. And the answer to that is no. No, purely referential. I could. I'd also accept Sister Unicron, 
but it, it's, uh, it needs to be specific to the what whatever 1986 movie. Yeah, so yeah. like none of the other characters that appear in other things. Which I don't think be... all faiths actually accept that as canon. So you'd have to really be certain parts of the church. You know? <laughs> you yeah, be, yeah. You could be like a fucking to, fer- yeah. Yeah, a Presbyterian <laughs> referencing that. Yeah, that's true. They're, that's true. They're purely Bayheads. Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah, they're all about. Because um, <laughs> on the seventh day, yeah. Unicron destroyed yeah. the earth. Can't move, can't move for Sister Bumblebees in those, in those <laughs> See, no, Bumblebees is one of the ones that appears multiple times. You've got, it's, I'd accept. <laughs> I've embarrassed myself with my non knowledge. I'm not I, religious. I don't know. So, <laughs> well, well, Rodimus Prime yeah. is basically Jesus 2. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, Done. I don't know what else. Yeah, yeah. That pretty much says it all. Yeah, fair So there's very, you can say I've got a theme, obviously. Yeah, with yeah. Jesus 2, Zulu Jesus, and so on. It's very much my thing yeah, as an auteur. I yeah, think. yeah, and as a nun. You know, <laughs> like Kubrick, a lot of people remember him for like his technical and obviously his team's work yeah. on, on Steadicam yeah, yeah. Quite technology. Per- yeah, a perfectionist. Whereas I really think I'll be remembered for the split in the church yeah. that yeah. came about. Yeah, the real schism. Be- because of, is it Hot Rod or is it Rodimus Prime? <laughs> Because yeah. technically he's the same person, but yeah. after he opens the Matrix, you see, yeah. in the movie, he becomes Rodimus Prime. Of course. Very much like Jesus dying and yeah. returning from the dead. And so is it the same Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Why, what did he see on the other side? It's a bit, right? like, it's a bit like that thing with a broom, we've changed a handle in a brush so much. Is it the same right, broom? is it the same? Exactly. Yeah. Same with Jesus. With Jesus. <laughs> like, for all we know, in that cave, right, behind yeah. that stone door, we're like, a billion exactly the same Jesuses. <laughs> like like just like clones, a... as far as the eye could see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, or a portal through to another like dimension. That, a bit like that planet in Attack of the Clones. But Jesus. <laughs> but Jesuses. <laughs> yeah. Or, Jesus or, 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 or all, all just different folk. And the one that looked like Jesus just happened to be the first one to walk out. <laughs> After someone opened the stone. <laughs> it was just like mutants. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it could have been, you know, it could be a guy with a Mohican oh. haircut. I'm thinking like Mohawk. What do they call it? Um, it's a Mohawk. Mohican? Yeah. Mohawk? Yeah, 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 a Mohican. Yeah, is it No, Mo- no, 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 it's a Mohawk. Mohawk. But Mohicans <laughs> scientifically have them. Okay. So. <laughs> so, anyway. The, the one thing I really wanted was Sister Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seamless. Uh-huh. Is is that I wanted her to be quite beautiful. She would take attention. Do you know what I mean? And in a, in a place like a glamorous nun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but not like made up and stuff. But just just like very charismatic and oh, yeah. and quite sort of a large personality, but also quite quite stunningly attractive as well. Like I've, a peacock. Yeah, <laughs> like a peacock. <laughs> you could maybe even try casting a peacock and see where it goes. Test I don't know. It. You can't cast a peacock as a nun. No, I suppose not. Because I mean, because nuns will complain. <laughs> <laughs> peacocks be too happy. Peacocks be glad of the work. Oh, frankly, we'll yeah. be climbing over each other to, <laughs> to play a nun. Yeah. But in fairness, you would need probably eight to ten what on top of I each other. What I don't like is in when you have a peacock-based movie and they cast a non-peacock actor. Yeah. To basically feather up, <laughs> and that that is very offensive to me. Well. The peacocks are always chirping in my ear about that. <laughs> no, but I'm rightly so, to be honest, mate. Rightly so. They've got a real um, axe to grind on that. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so that was a, that was a detail in casting. 
Names. The working title, and this cannot be the title. Peacock Nuns. Was Bad Habits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cannot be the title. Bad that Habits Die Hard. Which really fucks up. Just the name of the file that I wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just call it Habitual. Yeah, yeah, Habitual's pretty good. Um, or, or, or just Mission. Not a bad name. Mission's not bad. Feathery Nuns. <laughs> Peacock and Sisters. <laughs> Blood Eye Nun. <laughs> it's like cotton eye joke. How much? None. <laughs> but none and you in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, oh, how many men are in it? None. <laughs> I mean, well, there's, there's a lot there's, of homeless men that yeah, you kill. And the bishop. Mm. Well, yeah, we never yeah. see him again. Yeah, no, he's just a little side character. Moved sideways, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Checkmate. <laughs> yeah. I thought there's, there's too many bishop centric films out there. I don't want to make this another one. That's it's it. still been, it's been told. The nunnery. <laughs> Sometimes the inspiration that you pull out the air, mate. Nuns without guns. <laughs> you got to throw stuff at the wall, John, and yeah, see, yeah. What, see what hits. Nun cult. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the real donkey brain market. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to... I mean, that name would I'm, work. I'm sorry, what market? <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> the donkey brain market. I'm loving this new thing. And we can say that with impunity, can't yeah, no, we? I mean, I so it literally can't be taken it of, yeah, no, of the wrong way by anyone. Yeah. Um, Bloody donkey brains. <laughs> DBs. <Yeah. laughs> in <Belonging> a sanctuary. <laughs> um, Nuns go crazy. Someone stop that nun. Stop and my nun will shoot. <laughs> stop and my nun will preach. <laughs> yeah, murder, death, preach. Yeah. None of the above. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> I mean, we both know... The harder they none. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger they are, the harder they none. That's really good. If you said it Australia, I like the title Nuns Down Under. Yeah. But I don't think it's right for this film. I think... <laughs> Not as you've written it. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that pitch is in there. This is not what I've focused on. I think I think if you want to create an angry audience, you call it nuns down under and then throw them that. <laughs> okay. Oh we'll have to write nuns down under now for our other podcast. 80s comedies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or 80, let's make an 80s comedy pitch or something I don't know I haven't I can't remember what we call we it we are workshop we call it? <laughs> we've been in it for two years okay <laughs> one of the good nuns <laughs> a few good nuns a few good nuns yeah <laughs> nun two three no country for old nun <laughs> nun country for old nuns no it's... what is nun 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 <laughs> Horror, horror, horror movie? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple, mate. Dude. Oh, all right, well, it sounds like, I'm, in all seriousness, I guess Mission is <laughs> still a front runner. Uh, I've wasted 10 minutes of your audience. <laughs> hey, I'm enjoying myself. I feel very I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. If you guys got any better names, yes. throw them at us. Oh, and that or ideas for the, you know, contribute to the pitch, yeah, yeah. change it. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of room there. What did you like? What did you not like? Yeah. 
is it unsettling now that John's doing all the even episodes and Dave's doing all the odds? Yeah, how it, do you feel about that? Well, is it also unsettling that Dave's just started referring to himself in the third person <laughs> and asking himself rhetorical questions? Yeah, yeah, it's just it's got a very tense in the room. Hasn't it got weird? Hasn't yeah. it got weird? Good to see Sonic, as I said. But, uh, Great, oh yeah. They put back yeah. his gloves? He didn't, didn't have shoes. gloves. He didn't have gloves. He had tiny little weird hands. Well, just hands. Yeah. I think any hand can be creepy, depending on context. But these hands were creepy regardless of context. Mm. Well, I mean, the thing is, I remember, this is not new, is it? Because I, no. I remember a lot of people boycotted Return of the Jedi. Famously, global boycotts, because famously Luke only had a glove on one hand. <laughs> and people wanted to, they wanted both hands gloved. Yeah. Do you remember? And it was just the reason that that didn't happen was because they obviously didn't have CGI. Of course. At the time, they weren't going to reshoot all the film, put another yeah. glove back on. And again, a lot of people thought it was um, a big, a sort of tacit endorsement of Michael Jackson. Yeah, I mean, prefer, as well. So that was, I mean, yeah, the even whole, then, that was controversial. Yeah, the whole one glove look has really faded now, hasn't it? It's lost you its don't steam. see a lot. Of, well, leather gloves in general. I mean, they yeah. did, obviously, you know, Jacko's glove was yeah. a mirror, but um, you know, Luke's glove yeah. was a leather glove. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like a leather driving glove or something. <laughs> well, I say leather. I mean, it, you know, they, they don't have cows, so I, yeah. Is 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 odd though that <laughs> although his looks got out of fashion, his crimes haven't. So. Wait, Luke who Oh, Jacko, no, yeah. Luke's close. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's he done? He's done? Oh, he killed his dad, didn't he? He yeah, did almost... He did, well, tr- did he? He did the Emperor no, killed him. Probably, no, you're right. Emperor did, killed no, him. No, you're right, he did. He saved yeah. him, didn't he? He saved him famously. <laughs> <laughs> With one glove. Yeah. And this is this is where the controversy Think lies. Think what he could have done if he had had two gloves, though. I mean, a lot, there's a lot of countries where it's actually really offensive to show you touching a, he- a man's helmet with a bare hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, the glove does add an extra level of excitement to the proceedings. No, no, my God, that's, well, you just sexualised it. I, I mean, this is a, <laughs> what were this you is talking a, about? a cultural thing. It's yeah. like a traditional thing yeah. in many countries. It's well known. So I what, won't name any of the many countries. <laughs> and yeah, you if you if you touch on a helmet, yeah, like in this case, Darth Vader's helmet, but it could yeah. be any kind of helmet, polo helmet, yeah. for example, or a <laughs> go kart helmet. Does that have to? I mean, like a purple helmet. Any kind of helmet. <laughs> any kind of helmet. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and it's it's considered awful, it's height of bad taste to, I, to to touch that said helmet with a bare hand. I can't imagine a country gloved. that would have the don't touch a man's helmet rule and also have go-karting. They seem to be like, no, well, if you're cavalier about touching helmets, <laughs> you also have go-karting. They don't seem to know what I mean. Were you suggesting that you can't have like a fun environment if you're not allowed to touch a man's helmet? You yeah. can touch a man's helmet, but it has to be gloved hands. <laughs> uh, that's the point. So, the controversy <laughs> came, from, the protests came from the fact that one only yeah. one of his hands was gloved and he touched the helmet. Oh, okay, fair enough. You just don't do that. No, I suppose you don't. I, even I knew enough at the time. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, and you can't, fucking you, barehanded. You can't get your hand off an helmet. He's barehanded his helmet. <laughs> I remember, remember your angry text about it. <laughs> He's barehanded it. It's outrageous. Um, so there you go. Yeah, we all learn a little bit. Star Wars fans, it's a, it's a little known fact, that one. 
It's yeah, yeah. one of the ones. It's from from, <laughs> from one of the novels, isn't it? <laughs> no, it happened in the real world. <laughs> we suggest, <laughs> suggesting it was the sort of novel where it was somehow set on Earth <laughs> in a reality very yeah. similar to our own, yeah. where there were where there were mass global protests yeah, about yeah. about Return of the Jedi <laughs> having only one hand, uh, yeah, one glove hand, bare hand, the helmet. What they don't cover in the films is that the films exist in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> the books cover it, but they they, they always cut it. <laughs> you, you never see that in the movies <laughs> but I say what you don't see as well is yeah. you never see and this is a legacy from that mm-hmm. is that you will never ever see again in any of the Star Wars films anyone barehanding anyone else's helmet anyway so if you have a, <laughs> if you have a better new turn of phrase than bare handing a helmet, or any thoughts on the pitch, or any thoughts on the pitch, <laughs> or anything else, Wait, anything, or any or any episode, <laughs> drop us an email. Let's make our movie at gmail.com or tweet us at LamanPod, L M A H M Pod. Catch us on Instagram, Blahdy Blah, yeah, and uh, check out. Boys on Bond. Yeah. Big questions. Soaking the boards. Soaking the boards. <laughs> Do what? Oh, there was one so... from earlier this episode, though. I can't remember what it was now. Oh, God. Um, yeah, Dave's Proverbs, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Proverbs and phases. <laughs> New Proverbs yeah. with David John. <laughs> yeah. Proverbs with David John. And it was like a little ad for it, wasn't yeah, it? Because I did yeah. one. I did one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> quite professional mm. uh, yeah check any of those out but give support <laughs> yeah, to this new venture <laughs> this is what we're trying to get off the ground have, have a look at any of them if, if, if you like any of that stuff yeah but you know most importantly just come back I mean, the, the dream is, is to get this as big as problems <laughs> we can get as big as that it's, it's got some numbers <laughs> it's, got, it's got some big I mean the advertisers yeah. on that although we got Lockheed Martin yeah um, we had Stephen Fryer last week We've got Monsanto <laughs> on there. They're advertisers. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, we're doing. We're talking bit with Shell. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of get a lot of money from Shell. All of them have distanced themselves from this endeavor. Yeah, they shame. don't don't know why. No, it's, it's don't know why. Way. But there you go. Yeah. If you want to hear more about Zulu Jesus, rate and review us on iTunes. Please rate us and review us on yeah. something if you haven't already. Yeah, please. It's always always um, <laughs> thankful for. <it. laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're always what thankful for. Yeah, we're we're always thankful for. Yeah, we're thankful for. Yeah, let's make a horror movie, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.